One woman. One man. Two two kids. kids, A dog. Over 20 years of sharing the ups and downs of life together. In a crazy town called Los Angeles. And yet we are still in love. You're listening to This Rom-Com Life. On this podcast, we discuss marriage, relationships, and everything else in between. Join us for an open, honest, and unapologetic journey. Hi, everybody. You're listening to episode 15 of This Rom-Com Life. So today, we are so lucky. We have a guest in our studio. She hopefully is going to become a regular member of our podcast, This Rom-Com Life, a regular guest. Her name is Dr. Shannon Dobbs. But let me give you a little bit of backstory. Shannon and I met when we were both 18 years old, I think. 18 or 19 years old. So over 20, we're so old. 25 years ago. We met at UC San Diego, right? (laughs) Yes, we did. And the funny thing is, although we met in San Diego, we're from the same town. Walking distance, practically. But we didn't know each other because we went to different high schools different school districts yes and do you want to say how we met sure you tell that story (laughs) well I think we both uh begrudgingly rushed a sorority and Lee Moore and I found each other being friends um and not necessarily really wanting to be around anybody else in the sorority (laughs) exactly so we became fast friends and quickly I think you first then me left the sorority world behind but stayed friends from that moment on and actually moved in together yes we lived together that was so fun we've talked about that before in in south mission beach in san diego yes yes and now we both live back in the town we grew up in with our kids who are almost shannon has three kids we have two but they're almost the same age well yeah I mean, eight weeks apart, both of them. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. And Elijah and Fiona have the same birthday. Yes. Yes. Okay, you guys love each other. Oh, we love each other. Okay, but let me, okay, let me tell the real story. My dad, when he was alive, what did he always say? Oh. What did he say? You say it. He said, Shannon saved my life. Oh. And it was He actually told me that too. Did he really? When I first met him, when he talked about Shannon, he always said that. Really? No BS. He did. And my mom still says that. Uh-oh. I was going through a hard phase. My freshman year wasn't so great, and we met my sophomore year, and I couldn't, wasn't really happy. And you came into my life, and it was like everything changed. And we had so much fun, and did mm. so many great things, and learned, and loved, and laughed, and it was a great time. It was. I, I think for me, I think our friendship was really rooted in trust. Yeah, from the get go, and that's how- what we have now because. Um, I don't go to therapy. Uh, sorry, Shannon is a therapist, and I'm going to start getting emotional. I don't even didn't even know I was going to do this. I've I tried therapy, real therapy, once in my life, and it didn't work. You remember this, mm. but I always say I don't need therapy that much, even though we've gone through so many things. Because Shannon, who is my best friend, is my therapist, Aww. and it's true. We 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 walk around the lake. <laughs> we would go on all these walks through the hard time when. Your mom was really sick with cancer, and then when my dad was really sick with cancer, when Eden was really sick and I couldn't talk to anybody else about it, even now just with our kids and our daily lives, Mm -hmm. 
it's like we're so open and so honest and so real and I value everything you say and make me think about so much that I couldn't even imagine life without you. Hmm. Well, I feel the same though. So Even though you're not a therapist, you're my therapist yes. as well. So we should say it's Dr. Shannon Dobbs because Shannon is a psychologist, mm-hmm. right? I am. Um, little background, I'm a clinical psychologist. I was licensed in 2008 now. It's been quite a few years. Um, I started working in hospitals for a while and I found myself working with addiction. Um, and addiction's been really crazy because I think no matter who we are and where we are in our life, we all have addictions. We all have ways we numb out or deflect or cope. And um, so it's been a really neat path and growing experience. And I, I feel blessed to have been put where I am. Um, but my true passion is actually working with couples. I know. Um, and specifically around intimacy and communication and not necessarily even just romantic couples but how we energetically either jive or miss each other and what do you think that is why did you go ahead did you want to ask a question when you speak with couples what's the biggest issue they have usually usually it's sex um lack of lack of uh or funky not, not usually funky, lack of or misreading um, or outpacing. One might think um, they need more versus, you know, another person feels maybe objectified. Um, just missing the boat and what you guys spoke about in your last podcast, love language, I think is a huge part of um, miscommunication. People don't feel loved and seen, um, but oftentimes couples don't know how to ask for it. Um, But that's a real big issue. And then money and children. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wait, so going back to that, just because if anybody's listening with their partner, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, how, how do you tell people to go about asking for it? Asking for their for, needs to be for met. For their needs to be met. Um, first and foremost, I think individually people need to get really clear about what their needs are. I think that being in partnership is the most beautiful thing, but it's also the most difficult thing. It's, it's really difficult to be with another person. And if you're not clear what you really want out of your relationship or just for yourself. Um, I think it's, A, it's hard to communicate, but also a lot of times when you're in relationship, you don't even know what you want because you're too busy figuring it out within the partnership, if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially long-term couples. You know, you guys met fairly young, have been married quite a bit, but if if you if you miss each other on really sitting with what it is you want from the other person to feel loved or to feel seen, huge thing, communication, right? That's where a lot of it falls off. If you can't communicate, 
how it is you want to be loved or how it is you want to feel within your partnership, then um, I think a lot of people go through their life not really feeling loved, but they're too afraid to be alone. So that's ultimately what ends up walking in are people that, you know, they'd rather be in relationship than alone. So people settle. People settle. They, for fear of being alone. Yes. A lot of times, I'm yes. sure, right? Yes. So it sounds like honesty and communication is what needs to happen with a couple. Very much so. And but if also... If that doesn't happen, then that's when the issues pop up. Yes. So I will ask you two, <laughs> as the married people in the room... Is this free or <laughs> This is free. Okay. <laughs> um, what would prevent you from being honest with each other? At any given moment. Go ahead. I actually think that I'm pretty honest with Dan about everything. The only thing sometimes I'm not, and we've talked about this before, is my shopping. That's really the only thing I know he's going to get really mad at me about if, because I do have this shopping issue. It's an addiction. A hundred percent it's an addiction. I know what my two addictions are in life, and I will be honest. Food mm-hmm. is a huge addiction that I'm always fighting against. And shopping or spending money. I, I love them. It's hard for me to stop. I really try. Those are my two addictions. And the shopping is an issue 100% because I don't need 99% of the crap I have. And it just gives me a high sometimes. And that's the one thing I know Dan will get mad at. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that stops me sometimes from like, oh God, pretend he does, you know, that, but honestly, I'm honest about every single thing else. You are. And that's why I am sometimes not truthful. <gasps> I don't want to get yelled at. What are you not truthful mm. about? How many beers did you have? Yes. Mm-hmm. I had two because two's our limit, right? Right. When maybe I've had three mm-hmm. or four, it's like, I don't want to get yelled at yeah. or I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So that's the issue. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get yelled at. Yeah. I'm a little short. T- I, that's my one frustration yeah, short with you fears. for sure. The short fuse with it's that. It's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So so it's it's the yelling. It's not necessarily... Like, do you feel like Lemore gets past things quite easily, though? They'll pop up down the road. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a couple weeks or a month or two down the road. Remember that time, blah, 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 mm-hmm. about... Your but I don't team? hold a grudge. You, you don't hold a grudge. We have a really big fight sometimes, and it can... We have a blowout. A blowout. And then we kind of hopefully pass... And move on from it. But you it. can hold a grudge, can't you? Definitely hold a grudge. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't forget. Yeah. You don't forget. I and do. you, you'll you bring stuff back up again? You know, I, I think it's important to bring it back up just to say so we don't repeat the same bad habits over and over. And usually it's about spending mm. and buying crap we don't need. Yeah, those are, those are really our issues. Mm. It is. Yeah. Because we're usually actually on the same page about parenting and our kids and all those different kinds of things politics yes and no but we won't bring that up sometimes different podcast <laughs> but um we're actually on the same page about most things in our life except for those are big things obviously the spending of money the shopping and sometimes the drinking but you've gotten a lot better about that too but yeah but see i've seen you guys for many years and i have personally witness you guys choose to be partners every day right i hear it when dan calls when we're on our walks 
I hear it in the way Lee Moore talks about Dan when we're on our walks. Um, every day, these two show up for each other and they make it about each other. They choose to grow together and, you know, create something that they're proud of and feel good in. And I think that that's really important. I think that that is why you guys are a successful partnership. Thank you. Thank you. Is that what couples need to do? Make it about each other? Make it about... They need to choose to be in it. To choose. Right? Good one. Yeah. To choose to be in this relationship 100%. 100%. Like there's no other option. And then with the choice, okay, if we want to be in this, that's going to mean learning how to work with each other and accommodate and and really figure out how the other person is going to feel safe because if i break things down a lot of it comes down to safety and however we choose to feel safe or talk about our own safety or you know male male versus female very different but ultimately we want to feel safe in relationship to another person and I I heard something the other day that just really resonated with me um you know in talking about dating after kids which I think that we were initially going to talk about here (laughs) um I think as a young person and when I say young I mean 20s and really pre- kids for me personally um relationships were almost like a drug right it was that high and you were I was looking for um it not just the chemistry but just that rush and it's like a it's like a dopamine just rush um and that became addictive well now again I just heard it the other day you know when you find the right person, it shouldn't feel like a drug. It should feel like home. Mm-hmm. And that's so different. And it's such a different um, desire now where I'm at in my personal journey. But I think that oftentimes couples, they they don't grow into home. So they're left with out a rush because they're missing each other, right? They're not on the same page. And then they don't feel safe with each other, so they're not getting that beauty. And so really, what's the point? Why would you stay? Right. Because there's no rush, but comfort to people is not a rush. It's not it's a rush. It's not exciting to be comfortable. But listen, we've been through so much that we know it can't always be a rush. No. I think I've told you this many times over the years, I still get excited when Dan walks in the yes. room. I still get excited when he walks in the door from work. I still do get that butterfly rush. Like, I love this man so much. But we've been through shit and hell. And he has seen me poop and pee yes. and be gross yes. and on a bed in a hospital and yes. every which way. And he has seen the, the ugly, ugly, ugly truth. And he still is here for me. Yeah. And... That is what people have to recognize is it can't always be a rush. Like life is life and there is shit in life, but he always makes me feel beautiful and special. Even at my 
lowest of lows when I'm sitting there in a hospital bed, you know, with drains coming out of me, my breasts gone. And he's like, I've never seen you look more beautiful. And he, I believe him. He said that to you? Yeah. Dan. Dan. Dan tries. Is that why people cheat? Wait. (laughs) Way to change the subject. (laughs) Well. Yeah, that's so, what. Do you remember we were? She was on the bed, and I sent you guys a picture. There's yes, a massive text message. Yes. There's a picture. She was in bed. I was next to her. Yes. I sent it out after um, my surgery. After yes. her surgery, the, yeah. Yes. It was important for me to let her know I love you just the way you are. Yes. Boobs or no boobs, I love you just the way you are. But now, where did you learn that? Probably mom and dad. Really? I had a great um, set of parents. Yeah. I really did a good foundation. It was solid. You wa- you watched solid. you watched true partnership true love and true partnership absolutely yes. I really have yeah they did really good stuff and it's I didn't you don't learn it while you're a kid but you see it when you become an adult and become married but you yourself. do you ingest and it, it, it like, just you know, from being around you supposed to be hundred percent it's it becomes it's in your blood yes yes. Yeah. So then I learned from them, like, this is the way you're supposed to be. This is the way you're supposed to be a dad, a husband, a man, be a man. And it's ultimately then what you desire. You see, that's the tricky part of dysfunction is it's not that people necessarily that come from divorced families or neglect and abuse. It's not necessarily that that's what they want for themselves but it's really what their body energetically has learned to be their homeostasis. That's what feels connected to them Mm. is chaos. So when everything quiets down and slows down, they don't know what to grab on. There's nothing left. So if you're, if you're so used to being in chaos, chaos, argument, you know, threat, right threat to somebody is going to leave or cheat or the lack of trust or you know you 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 on a low level crave that so hmm. that's what you learned as you're a kid it's the behavior that's subconscious itself. almost right like a subconscious behavior and and we're all you know i really am a heavy believer in energy and i think that that it's all about being able to self-regulate right being able to re- regulate your your the tempo of your heartbeat, you know whether you get sweaty palms, whether you know your your pupils dilate. It's a your body reacts before you even can wrap your head around what's going on. Well, if your body is constantly used to that extreme state, it's gonna feel bored and mm. dead, and that's what you see people going back to abusive relationships because. The rest feels just sort of blah. So how do they fix that? What if it is somebody who came out of a not great childhood or past parents who were divorced or alcoholic or whatever this, how do they change and not repeat the pattern? So if they find themselves with a bad picker? Yeah. I, my new thing, (laughs) uh, I am a firm believer now. I, you know, I was recently celibate for a year and I think it flipped everything on its side for me. Um, I think that 
we don't even recognize how much energy it takes to, you know, think of the other. Whether you're dating somebody, whether you're married to somebody, whether you're co-parenting and divorced, whether you're just swiping on, on, on dating apps, we leak energy, right? And that, that focus just kind of, uh, it, it leaks. And I think that if you pull back and, and take everything off the table, it allows you to sort of gain strength in that area and, and really slow down and figure out what it is you want. I think chasing that feeling over and over again puts people in the same space and and they're not really able to figure out a different pattern. You can see that in people, in patterns. It's so true. We have friends. Yeah, exactly. Right. Who get a high off of that Mm -hmm. same pattern and then... Is that just like high school, college, they can't break out of that cycle or they just can't move on? No, that's like 40-year-olds. Yeah, unfortunately, but they're still acting like high school kids because oh, they never and moved. I, I can admit, I, I, I have felt that way, hundred percent. Post children, post career, I feel like oh, and I'm dealing, I'm putting up with this because, not really sure why. And then, when I've really pulled back, I've recognized it is because of that rush and. It, it prevents you from having to think about, you know, it's, it, it, it prevents you from having to sit in the quiet time. Right. Right. And I will say that just watching you go through everything, you have really worked hard and that year of celibacy included on yourself and figuring out why. And now you know so well, because if this had been four or five years ago, you would have been exactly what you were talking about in that pattern but you wanted to work on yourself and you took a you made it a point to say I want more than this I want to and you really that's amazing and that's what people have to do I feel like you have to be happy with yourself all alone in the quiet all alone in the quiet because you're never gonna find somebody else that's gonna make you happy they can only make you happy if you're already happy I remember learning that finally. I think that's even, although I was quite young, I would do that all the time in my, mm-hmm. you know, as a teenager and even my very early 20s, I would just want this high and go after this thing and think, once I have a boyfriend, I'm going to feel so happy. And I'm going to, you know, and it was, I was never happy. And then finally I said, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was finally open. And right at that time is when Dan came into my life. Granted, I was young. But I really was, for the first time, just so happy with myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, right? You went a whole year. <laughs> this is news to me. I love what you just said. I want to get what that. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It, that is news to me. I did you not, went a whole I did year. not date one person. Wow. And so coming out on the other side, do you feel better? Do you feel rejuvenated? Oh. Cleansed? A, a completely different person. And what do you think? What, what? What do you see differently? Um, what do you feel? I, well, now I think most of all, I'm, I'm more aware of my tendency to 
give a lot and not expect in return, which, hey, I love that about myself. Time to change it up a little bit, though, right? Like You need reciprocation. I need reciprocation, and I didn't used to really... Not only did I not expect it back, but I almost felt uncomfortable with it back. So when somebody would go out of their way to do something, and I will not, I wouldn't even just say men. I would say friends as well. I, I it, it's a lot easier for me to give. Where did that come from? Uh, my mom. Mm-hmm. She was like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. My parents divorced when I was eight, and uh, my mom, you know, was a very strong woman, like your mom. Yes, very strong. Very strong. Um, And I think at her, I think on a really deep level, she was a romantic, and her relationships really didn't pan out. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm definitely an empath. So as a young child, I took it upon myself to make sure my mom felt good. I was very worried that my mom was lonely or overwhelmed or, you know, I did everything right so I didn't rock the boat. And I, I you know, I took her energy and her problems on as my own and that, and it felt fine for me. I didn't feel bad for myself. I didn't feel irritated with it. I just loved her and I was conscious of her. So as I grew up, I noticed that I would start to do that with my friends, especially like in middle school. I really started to see, you know, all my friends wanted to sit with me by myself, you know, separately from the rest of the group because they wanted to talk to me about things and it started to feel good for me so this is why I became a psychologist but which is the great side and I still feel the same way but I I feel I'm at a place now where I've had enough quiet that I I recognize I want somebody to show up for me the same way and you deserve it I do deserve it so what do you do now what do you look for? So you well, Dan, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> Is it different for you now when you're looking for a significant other or if you're dating? What, what do you look for? Well, so I have my few things that I think maybe shouldn't be such big things on my list but they are um but they're important to you they're important as well they should to be. me but i feel like i tend because they're so important one in particular is i don't really want to date somebody without children um but with that poses its own set of issues right i've been in a relationship post-divorce post-children with somebody that had kids as well and and there was a lot of uh it, it's difficult it, it it has its own set of of stressors but I then dated somebody without kids and they don't even see the world the same and so I just 
I don't feel like we're really aligned. So that's a big thing for me. I do want somebody that has children because I do want a family. And I'm good at that. I'm good at including everybody. And that's just something I desire. Um, but that narrows, you know, that that makes the pool the a little smaller. shrinks a little bit. Yeah. But aside, aside from that, what have you learned that you want? I, a true partner, right? I do want a true partner. Um, what what it looks like, I I want somebody that's as curious about life as I am. I'm very curious. I I like doing quirky things. I like doing weird things. I will meet somebody f- in the middle of the night and have a cup of coffee on the beach just because I think it's different. You have to be safe. <laughs> right but i hear you just doing have you done that met somebody on the beach at midnight and had a cup of coffee no and you <laughs> well, know you would do that i oh i would do that you know uh yeah you know what i want somebody that doesn't think everything's a big deal easy easy Yes. I'm easy. I'm organized, but easy. You two are my Libras. I've always said one of my <laughs> best friends Libra? and my yes, husband. I yes, know you know Libra. that. Totally you knew that. that. That's why you're I love right, Libras. Right. That's I why totally I made sure that. that Elijah was born the very day he was a Libra. I was induced and it could not be one day before because I wanted a Libra. It explains everything. Dan is amazing and Shannon is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just easygoing, but the best possible friend that you could ever want but just easy. I'm not easygoing generally. And I, and I like that in my life where it's just okay. And you're easy to work with and easy to get along with. And, it, and it's a balance of being easy without being reckless. Thanks everyone for listening to our podcast. Thank you to Dr. Shannon, who is going to be hopefully a regular contributor to this rom-com life. And if you have any questions for Dr. Shannon, she will answer them. You can always email us at this rom-com life podcast at gmail.com questions for her questions for us we'll make sure that next time she's on she will answer your questions today we're also doing something a little different we're leaving you with one of our new favorite songs this is by the band southpaw now if you haven't heard of the band southpaw it's spelled s-o-u-t-h-p-a-w southpaw they're country band and one of our good friends Sean, Sean Garnhart. Is, Sean Garnhart. He's in the band. Tell us a little bit about Sean, Danny. Sean and I grew up in Pittsburgh. He lived right down the street from me in a little suburb called Upper St. Clair, about 20 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. And we've I've known him, I don't know, since the beginning of time. A long time. We are good friends. Uh, we were in high school together. And when I first moved out to Los Angeles, he really helped me out. I slept on his sofa for the first two weeks. Uh, thanks again, Jill. I ate all their food and they really took care of me and got me my first job at the Disney Channel. That's cool. Yes. And awesome guy and super talented. Yes. And they have two kids. And Sean is a sound mixer. He's a sound for mixer. For films, right? Yes. And does much, much more. Does big movies, big TV shows. He's big time. Yeah. He was even nominated for an Academy Award, right? I believe so. Remember that year when we were staying oh, in the haunted house? That's back right. To Him our... and Joe came out. Yes. Yes. Because he they... went to the haunted house. We played pickleball in the backyard. Yep. Because oh, they were yeah. going to the Academy Award. I forgot about that. You're right. So, anyways. Sean's new band is called Southpaw. It's a country band. We have been digging it. Our favorite song tonight that we're going to play for you is called We Need a New Love Song. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. 
So if you guys like it, you guys can follow Southpaw on Instagram at Southpaw City, S-O-U-T-H-P-A-W-C-I-T-Y. Or you can also go to their website at SouthpawCity.com, SouthpawCity.com. So enjoy the song great. from Southpaw. Love the whole album. Yes, we love the whole album. We'll share more with you. But tonight we're sharing We Need a New Love Song by Southpaw. I never heard anyone sing about how they started a band on their very first date. How she's always stealing the food right off his plate. One joke and it's obscene How they share one lucky slot machine How she hit up burnt dinner under their bed Wrote them letters to read when she is dead All the songs they play are all cliche There's only one way to write this wrong We're gonna need a new been a song about how they played board games like it's World War Three. How she made him buy a 12-foot-tall Christmas tree. How she tore his shirt on New Year's Eve. How misspelled words are their pet peeve. How he hides his whiskey in the fridge. What they did that night on the governor's bridge. All the tunes they sing are not a thing. We're done trying to sing along. No song, song blue. 